Rattling through its 100-day plan, the coalition has this week ticked off another objective, officially ending Labour's troubled Three Waters programme. But in doing so, has it just bought itself a bigger problem? We have delivered on our promise. There is no magic money tree in this. When ratepayers face bills they can, can't afford, they can look back on this day and see how that came about. Kia ora ko Craig McCulloch aho in te purongo tōrangapū mō wiki. Welcome to Focus on Politics. I'm Craig McCulloch. It has a turbulent history, three waters, ups and downs, but mostly downs. An initial review was launched in mid-2017 by the then National Government to report back after the election. The new Labour-led coalition then began circulating its proposed response and launched an ad campaign, Better Water is Better for Everyone. But not everyone was convinced. In simple terms, the initial plan sought to take control of water away from councils and give it instead to four separate mega-entities. The general thinking went that the new entities would be large enough and far enough removed from the councils that they could borrow more and at a cheaper rate than the councils could do alone. We need to work together and use our shared expertise to tackle these challenges so that our communities can afford these critical services into the future. By the time the details were unveiled in late 2021, though, a rump of opposition had built, with accusations of asset theft and concerns about the co-governance model requiring iwi involvement. It set the stage for a prolonged, messy debate, driven by furious councils and lobby groups. In the middle of a pandemic, the government have decided they want to seize your local water assets and put them into the hands of unelected, co-governed entities. They're calling these reforms three waters, but won't tell you the three dangerous consequences of higher water costs, unnecessary bureaucracy and no local control. Councils across New Zealand and independent analysis have said no to these reforms. Three waters, zero gain. The depth of feeling was such that Labour pivoted in March last year, changing up its plan and rebranding with a new moniker, Affordable Water Reform. The timeline was pushed back, the four entities became ten, and a new minister was brought in to take over from Nanaia Mahuta, Kieran McAnulty. Here's the guts of it. Up to but the guts of it made little difference. While the change of tack did seem to dull the force of attacks, it certainly did not allay all the concerns, and Labour's political opponents only doubled down, pledging to repeal and replace. National totally opposes Labour's three waters plans. Water has become the subject of a naked asset grab. We are going to stop that. Act opposes the divisive three waters policy being pushed on our country by Labour. In government, Act will repeal it. And in government this week, those parties did just that. The coalition used urgency at Parliament to push through legislation consigning the three waters programme to the scrap heap. The debate began on Tuesday afternoon and wrapped up Wednesday morning. The government MPs unapologetic. This bill embodies the National Party's commitment to repealing the previous Labour government's divisive and unpopular Three Waters regime. This is a government that's delivering in its first 100-day plan. This is a government that's listening to democracy. This is a government that believes in localism. We believe that there is no one plan for all, especially not coming from the central government here at Parliament. Gone by lunchtime. The opposition parties were fierce in their response at Parliament, as if they'd forgotten how unpopular their proposal had been. They came with a question, if not our plan, then what? They came with their own answer too, 
saying the coalition had just guaranteed higher rates for ratepayers. They're screwing the scrum, Madam Speaker. They're screwing the scrum against ordinary Kiwis. It is the most cynical example of short-term, petty, partisan politics at the expense of what's good for our country. And when it comes to affordability for ratepayers, they're being sold a dud. The coalition's new plan has a new minister, Simeon Brown, and a new name, take three, local water done well. All the details have yet to be fully articulated, but the key difference is one of autonomy. In short, councils will remain in control of and responsible for their water assets. This is about ensuring that councils are in control of the process rather than a very expensive uh, mega-entity bureaucratic approach proposed and actually mandated on local communities will be allowing communities to put forward their plans and having the tools that they need to be able to deliver that. Councils will be required to invest in their pipes and will have to show how they'll meet new standards for water quality and financial sustainability. But how they do that is up to them. One option could be that a bunch of nearby councils band together and form regional organisations, similar to Labour's vision, except optional, not mandatory. There is a caveat, though. If the councils cannot meet the requirements on them, the government will have the power to step in, through yet-to-be-defined regulatory backstops. Those are step-in powers that that central government has. We don't want to have to step in, but ultimately uh, we want to ensure that all councils across New Zealand have the long-term plans in place. We want them to take their responsibility seriously, and that is the the regulatory backstops ensure that they do that. Two pieces of legislation allowing all of this will be pushed through Parliament over the next 18 months. What the plan doesn't contain is any financial assistance for councils. The government will not be underwriting any of the new borrowing. They will get some technical support, but otherwise councils will be on their own. This is what councils across the country said they wanted. This is what they campaigned for. This is what we are delivering, so they are in control of investing in their own water infrastructure. Fair to say Labour is mighty sceptical councils are up to the task, given the scale of the problem. Kieran McAnulty warns any entities they form on their own are unlikely to be large enough or distant enough to get those better deals for borrowing. And that means one thing, councils will have to put up their rates. They know that in the future it's going to be councils and mayors that cop it when they increase rates. But actually, uh, when ratepayers look at their bill and they see an increase, that's because the council had no choice. And they can chart that right back to today, when the government said they were going to abandon councils and not work with them. Not all councils feel that way, unsurprisingly, given many called for exactly this. The Manawatu Mayor Helen Warboys was one of the staunchest critics of Labour's plan, and she's thrilled to see the back of it. We've got a government that's actually listened to the people of the country who didn't want the mandated model, um, and much of the policy and work that Communities for Local Democracy uh, submitted to the government has been picked up on, and uh, retaining ownership and local decision-making is the key here. Not so much jubilation from some smaller councils, those like Bullard District, who fear they'll be left out in the cold. Its Mayor Jamie Klein fears nearby councils will have little interest in voluntarily joining forces with it. He made his case on Morning Report, speaking to Corandine. People certainly supported the government in the stance of, of, uh, of repeal of three waters, but I'm not sure that they realised they were also voting for a substantial rates rise. So what are you going to do here? Are you going to have to go and seek some money from the government? 
Well, it's a, that's one solution. <laughs> that's a conversation that we'll need to have. And, and obviously, um, um, you know, as a, as a West Coast, I think we will be having to have a conversation with Canterbury um, once we get to understand what the nature of these uh, sort of regional CCOs. Um, oh, right. So you want to join with Canterbury? Uh, well, that is that is certainly one option that I think we will need to explore. Um, it doesn't seem that this is achievable, certainly not a sustainable model with the population base that we have. Do you think they will want you? Um, well, under the current Local Government Act settings, it, it's pretty um, hard for a mayor to, uh, to to do anything that's uh, a negative impact on his own ratepayers, so it's hard to imagine um, why they would voluntarily uh, want to do that. A good question, and one Corin Dan soon picked up with the Minister himself. Are you confident that an area like uh, the west coast of the South Island, we just spoke to the Buller Mayor this morning, he's extremely worried because even if he joins with other councils in the region, he doesn't believe that they can be any better off and they've got a huge shortfall when it comes to water infrastructure. What do they do? Well, yes, I am confident that councils across the country will be able to form uh, financially sustainable approaches to water. This is what many councils um, campaign for, it's what they, uh, and that's what we're delivering. Uh, we expect councils to be putting forward their plans around financial sustainability. Uh, we expect them to be working with other councils um, in their region or across regions. Um, to be able to get that. Uh, well, let me, let me pick you up there because he says that if it's just the West Coast councils, it's not going to make any difference. They've got massive shortfalls. It's going to mean big rate increases for water for their residents. He wants well, to join with Canterbury, but Canterbury doesn't necessarily have to or potentially might not join with them. Well, what will you well, do about that? Those are the conversations that we expect councils to be having as they put, to, put forward their plans for financial sustainability. We expect councils will be looking and talking across regions as they set up these plans over the next um, 12 months. And, and that, that could well be part of those conversations. Okay. Just be, the I was point what... here is to be able to set up set a financially sustainable plan. In many cases, that will lead to a council-controlled organisation, which is separate from, uh, from the council. That will be able to leverage mm. the, the revenues and borrow more to be able to invest... I understand all that. I want to come back to this issue to clarify this because this is a really important example. If the West Coast councils want to join with Canterbury because they've got a much bigger rating base, but Canterbury says, no, we don't want to, what would you do in that instance? Would you ask well, Canterbury well, to, to take them on board? Do they have to? Well, we're expecting councils to be putting forward their plans to be financially sustainable. Those conversations will be led by councils in the first instance. Um, we, will, we will have a regulatory backstop, but ultimately this is about giving councils the ability to own and operate their own water infrastructure. That's what many councils... Yes, uh, and Canterbury will operate it in in its interests, wouldn't want to join with those West Coast councils, and West Coast is in a bind where it needs to. And I'm just curious, what do you do in that instance? Well, we'll be firstly looking to see what is their plans around financial sustainability. Uh, We'll be be then looking at those plans. There will be regulatory backstops if there is uh, inability or councils don't put forward those plans. But at the end of the day, the first instance here is for councils to be putting forward their plans rather than government coming in, spending billions of dollars, setting up mega co-governed entities like the last government did. Yeah, I'm not asking that um, question, though. I'm asking about the, 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 the West Coast council. council say they've already done a bit of work on this. They did it prior to Three Waters, and they looked at it, and it doesn't make them any better off if they merge. They want to merge with Canterbury. That's what he said this morning. And those are conversations we'd encourage them to be having. Sure, but if Canterbury has to operate in the interests well, of its ratepayers, why would it do stage. that? It, that's a hypothetical at this stage. We are saying councils need to be putting forward their plans around financial sustainability. 
Uh, we'll be looking at those plans, but ultimately we, we want councils to be leading those conversations to set up the financially sustainable approach to water. Okay. There will be a number of ways that that can happen, um, and th- whether that's setting up a council-controlled organisation, um, being able to get its debt off balance sheet, being able to get long-term borrowings against its revenues, those are the type of tools that we're going to be enabling, and we expect council to be putting forward those plans. Mm. If they put forward a plan which is not satisfactory, if... The, the West Coast says Canterbury doesn't want to borrow them and the West Coast puts a plan together and it's not going to be good enough or it, it's just, there's a shortfall, it's too much burden for ratepayers. Are you saying that that's when the regulatory option is comes into play and what, you would put commissioners in? Well, the first step is to actually get councils to put forward their plans around how they're going to be financially sustainable. We're then providing the legislative tools to enable them to set up uh, these uh, cross-regional uh, um, entities uh, in, in order to be able to have long-term funding and financing options around how they make those investments. If the council doesn't put forward a plan, uh, yes, there'll be some backstops. Uh, yes, as I, as I outlined yesterday, we're working through the options around what those will look like. We'll commissioner? A commissioner? Throughout the year. Well, I mean, there are already, plan- there are already um, a range of tools within the Local Government uh, Act in terms of step-in powers for, for government. We're working through what those options are. I'm not going to say what because we're still working through that particular part of the policy. But we will have a regulatory backstop um, to be able to get in where those councils are unable or unwilling to um, put forward those plans. The Post's political reporter, Thomas Mensch, joined me on Morning Report's weekly panel to digest the development. Really what we're seeing is, is uh, a bit of a shift in language from Simeon Brown. He's now shifting the onus onto councils quite heavily, saying, you wanted this, this is what you've got, you know, we've, we've repealed it. Um, it's now on to you to produce new sort of uh, council-controlled entities that will, will occur in, inside this new structure that we're yet to produce. Sounds great in theory if every, if every council plays by the rules, but you see you're going to get, we are going to get councils which are struggling that nobody wants and the other councils aren't going to merge with them. And what, what happens with them? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, I think Buller District Mayor, you, you spoke to him on the show earlier this week. He, had a really, he was a really compelling example. He says three of us, three of us um, West Coast councils, we can't, we can't produce the economy at scale. If, if they can't provide financially sustainable plans, Brown says, look, we've got, we'll have regulatory backstops. He won't rule out things like you know, compelling the councils to merge. So, you know, there'll be a lot of, a lot of uh, sort of angst to go. And how do you think this is being handled so far, Craig? It's an, uh, there's a big risk here, but I do think that most of the risk does land on the councils. Most of those councils, or many of those councils, wanted the control back. The government has effectively said, sure, you, you can have that, but you get the responsibility back too, and you get the bill, you, you potentially get the, the blame as well. So th- there isn't that financial support to set up new entities. There'd been some suggestion maybe that there might be some. It doesn't look like that's the case. There's no underwriting, like many of the mayors had called for. And and everyone now, there is this expectation, I guess, that the rates are going to jump. And in some cases, considerably, the government will be hoping. It's a clear strategy, I think, that that those big rate rises will be blamed on the councils and not the government. Well, there's one irony in and this, on the conversation the goes. Three Waters may be dead, but the problem it was supposed to fix remains. It's possible the coalition's plan will end up much the same as Labour's, just on a slower track. Councils will eventually concede they need to form these so-called mega-entities to avoid huge rate hikes. And those that don't may well be forced to through those amorphous regulatory backstops. The argument then becomes one of efficiency versus public buy-in. And Labour found out the hard way what a lack of public buy-in results in. 
That's Focus on Politics. I'm Craig McCulloch. Thanks for joining me. Matua.